What's going on here? Resistance is futile. This, indeed, you are powerful. Is it's in my head. Fan effect. Welcome back in, everybody. Uh, if you get tired of your kids just yet, you know, they're at home, they're out of school. You're what do we do? Yeah. How do we get out of the house? You go see a movie, of course, go to the theaters. And Andy Farnsworth, uh, he is the expert on going to the theaters. Of course, host of Castle News Radio is the movie show every Friday, 9 to noon. We're glad you're with us. Um, there's a lot to see out there. I mean, yeah. There's just a lot to see. It is, and that's partly because it's Thanksgiving week, day before Thanksgiving. Always a big day for Hollywood as they release a bunch of stuff uh, that they hope people will spend some holiday time watching. And it doesn't get much bigger than a new Disney animated movie. This one, uh, the big one right now, is called Wish from Disney Studios rather than Pixar. And it's the celebration, a celebratory movie for 100 years of Disney animation. It's a musical cartoon set in the magical kingdom of Rosas, where King Magnifico, voiced by Chris Pine, safeguards the greatest wishes of each of the residents of his kingdom once they turn of age. But when Asha, voiced by Academy Award winner Ariana DeBose, makes her own wish upon a star, of course, her wish is so powerful that it's answered by a cosmic force in the shape of a glowing star that now follows her around. Now, DeBose shows off her amazing voice once again and was the highlight of the movie for me. Pine gets in a decent musical number of his own. There are Easter eggs galore throughout the movie with connections to many of Disney's greatest animated hits, including a tribute to each one of their animated hits during the closing credits. My kids liked it a lot, and my 16-year-old daughter absolutely loved Wish and immediately made plans to go see it again. For me, it was just okay. It didn't wow me with any one particular part, but there also wasn't anything wrong with it either. If you're already excited to see this, you'll probably love it. Wish is rated PG and is only in theaters. That animation's kind of a little bit of the Spider-Verse kind, a little flatter, right? It no, a it's, a, it's, a, it's actually a cool mix of a little bit of CG and a little bit of like uh, old Disney animation. That's okay. kind of, it was kind of a unique animation that. style. Yeah, and it, it, different parts of the movie kind of tr uh, highlight some different okay. animation styles. Not quite as messy as Spider-Verse. And stuff Andy's like, like that, why'd so. you have to interrupt my flow? Well, no, I had a Carry good flow. On. I, just, I right. noticed it. I thought I would point that out. <laughs> no, that's good. I, I could go on about it. So also in time for theaters, just for Thanksgiving, a historical epic telling much of the story of French military leader turned eventual dictator Napoleon Bonaparte. Ridley Scott, who also made Alien, Blade Runner, Gladiator, and The Martian, directs this movie with Oscar winner Joaquin Phoenix as Napoleon and Vanessa Kirby as Josephine, Napoleon's love and one-time wife. The story chronicles several key points in the rise and fall of the man who rose from the rank of general soldier during the French Revolution to eventually commanding the entire French army to eventually conquering a good portion of mainland Europe before his final defeat and exile. Phoenix seems like a perfect choice to play Napoleon. So it was really curious to me the way he chose to portray him, not as a crazed megalomaniac, but as a humorous and likable pal to his soldiers and a lovesick and jealous husband to Josephine. Admittedly, I do not know if it is accurate in any way, because I definitely wasn't around in the 1800s, but I wasn't the way I expected it to be. The chemistry, though, between the two leads was intense, and the battle scenes, which had limited CGI, were very impressive. Couple of warnings, however. First, Napoleon is rated R, and second, it is just shy of two hours and 45 minutes long. Oh, and I hear there's a four-hour version coming to Apple TV Plus soon. Right now, however, the two and a half, 245 movie is only in theaters.
Now, the other theatrical release of the week stars everyone's favorite busy actor, Nicolas Cage. This new one is called Dream Scenario and has a rather fascinating premise. Cage plays Paul Matthews, a middle-aged and balding university professor. Pretty average dude by basically every measurement, but suddenly hundreds and then thousands of people start having dreams where he's there. Weirdly, however, he's usually just standing around doing nothing in the person's dreams or just passing by. At first, this makes him kind of a bit of a celebrity. People want selfies with him. He's offered the possibility of some endorsements. But then things start to change and not for the better. This is a weird movie that starts off almost like a comedy, but eventually takes on almost Greek mythology level tragedy. I enjoyed it at first, but I was kind of got vexed by how everything turns out once the end rolled around. I thought it started to explore the really interesting idea of how uncontrollable celebrity can be from a, a unique angle. But eventually I just got frustrated. Dream Scenario's rated R and is only in theaters, but heads up, it doesn't open here in Salt Lake City until Friday. So the other theatricals are today. This one's on Friday. Now, on streaming, we have what was by far my my favorite item of the week, a new animated musical comedy from Adam Sandler called Leo. Now, Sandler voices a 74-year-old lizard named Leo who's been a class pet for fifth graders in an elementary school in Florida for Leo's entire life. He plans to escape, hoping to do some actual living in the wild before his time is up, but he ends up getting caught up in the problems of his anxious students, trying to impart to them some of the wisdom he's gained over his many years of life and helping them with their anxieties. I know it's hard to believe an Adam Sandler comedy for Netflix could be trumpeted as great, but that's exactly what I think Leo is. It's funny, it's got a great message, it's relatable to kids and adults, it's not crude, and my entire family loved it as we watched it together. It's not just the best thing of this week, it might be the best animated movie I've seen in a couple of years. Yeah, it evoked all the feelings in me that I had hoped the Disney movie Wish would do, but Wish did not, and Leo did. I can't recommend Leo enough. It's rated PG and is streaming on Netflix. Another movie on streaming will appeal to a younger audience, as well as those who were kids in the 1990s. Good Burger 2 hit Paramount Plus today. It's a sequel to the 1997 movie that was based on a sketch from the comedy show All That. Good Burger 2 is written by the same people who wrote Good Burger 1 all 25 years ago. And it brings back the main stars, Kenan Thompson, who's been with Saturday Night Live for a record 20 years now as Dexter, who needs a job at Good Burger again after one of his inventions fails, and Kel Mitchell as the enthusiastic but clueless cashier, Ed. Joining them is Lil Rel Howery, Jillian Bell, some surprise celebrity cameos, as well as other original Good Burger cast members. If you were a Nickelodeon fan in the 90s, then this is probably for you. It's rated TV PG and is only on Paramount+. Plus. Dan, were you a... Were you I've a, never a, a seen the original Good Burger. I, maybe I was a little too old, I don't know. Uh, okay, just wondering. Of course, we can't forget about new Christmas and holiday movies. Streaming on Peacock, we've got Genie, starring Melissa McCarthy, and written by the same person who wrote Love Actually. I would be very surprised, however, if Genie became a classic the way Love Actually is for some people. You wouldn't know it from the title, but Genie is actually a holiday fairy tale about a man named Bernard whose relationship with his wife and eight-year-old daughter is crumbling because of his focus on work. But when he dusts off an old jewelry box and accidentally releases Melissa McCarthy's genie named Flora, it could be just what he needs to get his life the way he wants it. But remember, anything worth having requires effort and wishes may be enough for Bernard to get what he wants, but it won't last if it's based on wishes. Genie is pretty standard holiday stuff, but it does have some funny moments. 
It's rated PG and only on Peacock. On Disney Plus, we've got The Naughty Nine, a Christmas movie about a fifth grader, tastefully named Andy, I might add, who gets stiffed by Santa after being a troublemaker the whole year. When Andy realizes he must be on Santa's naughty list, he puts together a team of fe fellow ne'er-do-wells from the list in an attempt to heist, uh, to do a heist at the North Pole and get the presents they feel they deserved all along. They say it's better to give than receive, but what do they say about taking? Loophole. This is a Disney Channel type movie all the way. Kids will have fun watching it. It features the kid from one of my favorite recent Christmas movies, 8-Bit Christmas. The Naughty Nine is safe for all ages and is on Disney+. Plus. And finally, it's not technically a Christmas movie, but Christmas does play a big role in it. We've got another version of the children's classic story, The Velveteen Rabbit on Apple TV+. This one is a combination of live action, CGI, and cartoon animation. As Marjorie Williams' 100-year-old story is brought to life once again, it tells the tale of a young boy in a new town with no friends but his stuffed rabbit. Now, I won't say any more because if you're unfamiliar with the story, I'd rather you experience it yourself. It's very moving, has some pretty profound messages for people of all ages. This version of The Velveteen Rabbit is 45 minutes long and is yet another excellent addition to Apple TV Plus's library. Now, if I could just take a quick moment, I want to give thanks for you for giving me the chance each week to tell you about what's out there for you to watch. And I want to wish each of you and yours a very happy Thanksgiving, starting with you, Dan. Oh, thank you, Andy. I appreciate that. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. Thanks. And we're glad you were here. And now you're free to go and And we'll have a movie show on Friday, by the way. There is a movie there show. There will be a movie show on Friday, KSL News Radio from 9 to noon. And, and the on reason Black you're Friday. here for this one, we will not have a new newscast on Friday, so there you go. So I got to make sure I take care of everybody. We appreciate That's that. That's true. Lots to watch now. I always have to go back and go, what did Andy say to watch? And then we talk about it forever. Yeah. So, yeah. There you Andy's, go. Andy's so Dan always talks got... to me forever, so you don't have to. That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Andy's always got the great recommendations. Well, you and this will push Andy. us inside on Friday, too, Matt. Uh -huh. there's, there's a good reason to go and sit inside a oh, nice warm yeah. theater. Now that you've heard Andy's thoughts and summary on Wish, it's time for me, producer Kellyanne, to throw in my two cents. Just in time for the holiday and Disney 100 celebrations, Disney's latest computer-animated film, Wish, is hitting theaters. And while it is a attemptively moving celebration that aims to capture the, the essence of proverbial Disney Wish, it might need a bit more polish to be the big box office hit the company wants. Kids will surely enjoy this movie for its message and its colorful scenes, while pickier parents will just want a little bit more of an emotional payoff. But stepping back from being too much of a critic, <laughs> Wish is enjoyable. It's an enjoyable remembrance of the Disney legacy of storytelling, the power of hope, and an amusing new story on its own. It's packed to the brim with Disney references and enough hidden Mickeys to make a Disney adult like myself heart take flight. Uh, I even took a fellow Disney file with me to the screening and we both thoroughly enjoyed the references, elbowing each other uh, quite often to see if the other caught them all. My favorite part was our lead heroine, Asha, who was voiced by Academy Award winning Ariana DeBose. And she was wonderful. She was warm, likable, impassionate, and clever, just the type of young woman I would want to be as a little girl, with a beautiful singing voice and great personable motiv motivation. She does overshadow her several sidekicks, including seven diverse friends, a talking baby goat, and a magic star. 
I am a big fan of the anthropomorphic star, if not so much the baby goat. Both, though, will be loved by kids. One unique aspect of the movie is that you get to see a villain's origin story unfold before your very eyes with Chris Pine's King Magnifico character. He even holds his own in song, which anybody who's seen uh, Into the Woods would know that already. I just wish that his villain song was a bit stronger. The music really is fun, and it's upbeat. It's very similar to Lin-Manuel Miranda's style. We've seen that a lot in Moana and some of the other Disney things coming out. But it doesn't quite reach his scale and uh, reach in general. Now, the scale of the animation was super interesting. It's a blend of the 3D animation style we've come to see a lot with Tangled, with Frozen. But it also has a lot of that 2D 2D animation style with the backgrounds. um, And it really just honors both, although it could be a bit jarring at times. Overall, though, the animation, music, story, and characters are what we've come to expect from Disney in recent years for the going to the theater of movies. It's a fun fit of tropes built for marketing and promotional products. It has catchy tunes and earworms, but potentially it's not as endearing as, say, Cinderella, Stitch, or even Elsa. And while it's fun, there really is heavy-handed social-political messages of the film that's gonna be divisive for some viewers. Maybe that's just what to expect in today's world. I just wish it was a bit more of a polished capstone celebration of Disney animation. It was fun, but I want more of an emotional gut punch. The uplifting message of hope was great, but the power dynamics in the film felt way too political. Either way, I'm going to see it again, this time dragging my niece and nephew along with me to see what they think. So Disney is going to be getting more of my money, but I won't be downloading the soundtrack instantly like I did with Encanto. We'll have to wait and see how audiences and their wallets respond. As always, we're here at Fan Effect, are sponsored by the Megaplex Theaters, Utah's premier entertainment destination. And if you, like my family, are bound to head over to the Megaplex for some holiday family entertainment this festive season, just remember they have holiday gift cards, packages that are available for gifting ease, as well as the 2024 popcorn megatub and drinks mega mug available right now. Thank you for listening. I hope to have you back real soon. I hope to hear from you guys about your thoughts on Wish uh, on our Fan Effect Facebook page at Fan Effect Show. And I hope we have you back real soon for another episode of Fan Effect. (laughs) 